Evolutionary.org podcast number 518 coming your way. Steve and the mobster joining me. Today we're going to be talking about the KISS KISS principle. Don't overcomplicate steroids. And then we're going to talk about not overcomplicating your training and diet as well. So mobster, this is a topic that you wanted to discuss. So why don't you first introduce us to what KISS principle is all about and where did you originally hear about it? Oh, God, Steve, it's probably been used in this particular regards as a term of phrase for multiple particular things, whether it's engineering or chemistry or work or whatever else. You and I discussed in the pre-show uh, some policy that was just happening in regards, funny enough, to the Zoom calls that we record to make this podcast, Steve. And I said, someone somewhere has got paid big bucks to come up with a change that may or may not be useful and you go, right, if the thing works, you don't need to tweak it. And that's the kind of thing that goes behind the K-I-S-S. It, keep it simple, stupid. That's what it stands for. It's a little bit insulting at the end, but it's like, guys, most things do not have to be overly complicated. And in fact, sometimes in technologies like this, Steve, when it becomes complicated, it's like the old joke about if you wanted to set up a video back in the day, find me a four-year-old that understand this because us old bastards couldn't do it. It's it's kind of true with all the things that Steve just said, whether it's training or nutrition or, 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 or PEDs. And what I said in the pre-show to Steve was, if you're a competing athlete, and we've talked about this on other shows as well, Steve, and online on the forums, but I said, if you're a competing athlete and you're low on carbs and you're doing crazy amounts of cardio and you do it, you're killing it in the gym, you can kind of get what's called like, it's like a competition brain guys. And really, it's like when you're super tired, you're worn out, your focus is all over the place. The only time you feel alive is in the gym. But the rest of the time, you're kind of dragging. And that's almost how you need to be to get into competition shape. And this is when a coach or quote-unquote guru earns their money because they're the ones that are going to tweak your diet. They're going to say, put some more carbs in today. You feel like you look like shit. You're flat. Uh, your brain's all over the place. They're the ones that are going to tweak the performance-enhancing drugs that you're using to get you in the super shape, to make you look absolutely crazy mental on stage. You, on the other hand, you're worn out, you're tired, your focus is, like I said, it's, it's all over the place. And again, that, that's kind of understandable. Well, again, as I said in a show that we just recorded, this is for the average guy. That's male or female, the average listener that's listening to this podcast, K-I-S-S, keep it simple. Now, it can be quite boring, guys. As an example, there's there's a, a meme, uh, a little short-acting reel that you can find online, and it's a British, young British bodybuilder, and I think it's just like, I'm having fish and rice, and rice with fish, and then sometimes it's just rice, or sometimes it's just fish. It kind of diet is absolute. It's like, it's like free, free ingredients. I think there was some chicken in there somewhere, Steve. But he got into shape with training. Do you need to go to the gym for four hours like a buddy of mine did back in the day because he was in every technique known to mankind and every time he read about a new technique, it got added. So a two-hour workout become a two-and-a-half, three hours, and finally four hours. I was in there for an hour and a quarter. We were training in the same place. and I, I, Some of my workouts were 45 minutes. If I don't talk too much, it's an hour and a half tops, even for the longer ones. If you're doing... 10 sets of each movement and you've got five movements just for your biceps, you're probably doing way too much. And the performance enhancing drugs aspect was the same. And one of the things I actually made a note of was, do, do any of you keep notes about how you look, about how you responded, about how you feel when it comes to PEDs? Are you keeping a log on our, on our forums? And are you saying, when I took this drug, I felt great. When I took this drug, I felt shit. 
when I took this drug, I was tired. When I took this drug, I was doing amazing in the gym. You're not. And 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 for most people, you're not thinking like that when you're putting a cycle together. So one of the other things I use as well, Steve, is this example when we were talking in the pre-show. What's the most popular drug for most people's first cycle? And I would say, and we think we've done this because there's been a poll on it, Debo. So you literally took one steroid and you probably had your best results on your first cycle. So Debo gave you your best results and you did nothing else, Steve. You literally did one drug and you blew up that motherfuckers. You gained average six pounds on your first cycle using one drug, literally one drug. You barely did a PCT. You felt great in the gym. Your lifts went up. The pumps were amazing. You did one, one. Sometimes there's an argument for to be made for guys and they say, oh, my last cycle was this amount, so I usually use more on my next cycle. And I said, what was the results on the last cycle? If the results on the last cycle were great, do the last cycle again. Don't have to add more. You don't have to include more drugs. You don't need to up the doses if the last cycle works. And that's literally the KISS approach. If training in the gym or nutrition, training, as I use an example again, Steve, uh, my shoulders blow up when I see you press. Do I need to do rear delt work? Let's have a look at your rear delts. No, just press. Honestly, uh, don't do four different exercises for shoulders because of the wear and tear and the pain and the soreness that a lot of people do when they start pounding the joints. So do one. You know, take the long-term view, don't take the short-term view. It's all real simple stuff. And let's be honest, and I think Steve will agree with me on this, for the most part, there's no need to overcomplicate something because you heard that you need to. If something works, stick with it. and Keep sticking with it until it does work. Again, a real simple approach. Here's another example, Steve, and this is actually like sort of the a tip for gurus and coaches, training gurus specific. One of the classic ones back in the day, and it still applies now, Steve, is if a guy comes to you and he's using a high-volume approach to his training and he's making no progress, all you did to look clever was have him try a low-volume approach. That was it. Right, now you can make science it up. You can bullshit it up. You can market it from now to doomsday. But really, all you did was flip the program around from high to low. Oh, my God, I'm making progress like never before. All right, mate, that's because I'm a really good coach. No, all you did was flip it around. Real, real simple. Real, it's just like, you know, a, a great example would be, Steve, uh, guys in the gym, half-assed training. You and I, on occasion, not too often, because we're not, we're not going to push people around in the gym and give them information when they don't need it. But we go over and we work with them for five minutes and the intensity in those five minutes is double what it was five minutes ago. All you've done is pushed them into a place where they got uncomfortable. And literally, as we say with these kind of things, you made them a little bit more hardcore, a little bit more intense for five minutes. And you actually made them train like they're supposed to train. It's not rocket science. It's not that you have vast volumes of knowledge. It's not even that maybe you've gone off and got yourself multiple certifications for being a PT. All you was is you, you kind of crack the whip. You just got them to focus for five minutes. And is that complicated? Is it is it over technical? No, Steve. What's your opinion? So let's you know let's let's talk about this a little bit. And I see this a lot with people, especially when they first run a cycle of steroids. So I want to get into the steroid talk a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, people make things too complicated. Um, like they'll map out. I and I did this too. I'm guilty of this. You take a calendar, you map out each day you're going to inject. 
And then you go yeah. through your cycle and then in the end you run out of vials or you have too many vials and what do you expect it? Because every time you, you draw oil out of a vial, it's, you're not going to draw exactly how much you think yeah. you're, it might be off by a little bit. So when you overcomplicate things and you kind of over plan a cycle, sometimes yeah. it can backfire on you. So flexibility is very important when you're running a steroid cycle. Setting goals is very important when you're doing a steroid cycle that you can kind of even something as simple as closing your eyes. You know, every time before you run a cycle, you should do that. You should just close your eyes, meditate for, for five minutes and envision what you want to look like at the end of the cycle. Imagine what you want to look in the mirror and see. Imagine what you want to in the gym. They have mirrors all over the gym for a reason. It's not just so people can be egotistical and mire themselves uh, in the mirror, as Zizzy used to say, as, as in admire yourself in the mirror and jack yeah, off to yeah. yourself Mar in the mirror. Mar wow, I look really good, you know? No, it's, it's so you can see your progress. So envision one of the things when I was younger, I wanted mops are really, really bad. And I see this in other guys and I didn't have this was on my biceps. There's a vein that goes down your bicep. Yeah, and I, 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 always, I was like, man, I wanted that so bad. Yeah, and I yeah, trained I for like two, three years as a teenager. I could never get it unless I was really, really getting a crazy pump. And then yeah. as I got into my 20s, it finally got there, you know, where I would have it even when I wasn't training. I loved it. I love having that little line going across. So maybe it's something as simple as that. Set a goal in your mind and go achieve it. Don't make things too complicated. When it comes to steroid use, another thing that people do is they run too many different steroids. Yes. And that's a that's basically you being a victim of these guys on social media who push all these crazy cycles. Let's run eight different things and maybe something. You know, sometimes the KISS principle makes sense in this situation because sometimes it's so much more better just to run two steroids or three steroids max. Keep it yeah. simple instead of running seven or eight different compounds and confusing your body and confusing yourself. And now you don't know what you reacted good to. You don't know what you didn't like. You, didn't, you don't know what caused that water retention. You see what I'm saying? So it makes yeah. more sense to do things that way and keep things simple when it comes to that. And you can get way better results keeping your steroid cycle simple this way, you don't have to run all these ancillaries and have all these other issues that pop up that you have no control over. So, mobs are common on that, definitely. Right. So, I've made three notes here, Steve. I'll deal with the first one, and you mentioned a little bit of this just now. Personality type. If you're the obsessive type, uh, if you're a, a, a kind of nervous type, uh, fidgety, whatever else, sometimes what happens is it's very easy to get distracted and actually... I'll give you a great example of here, Steve, and it's one of the KISS applies here. The biggest, strongest, most muscular people I know, whether they're Mr. Olympias or world strength athletes, the only time they are focused and kind of crazy is in the gym or in competition. The rest of the time, they are chilled. And again, I've known some guys that have gone to the world's strongest man, competed at the world, been on the podium, world's strongest man or being just outside the podium at world's strongest man these guys are super relaxed some of them didn't use performance enhancing drugs until they got to the top 10 i can think of one specific close example good buddy of mine um and only then went on peds when they needed to and their cycles would 
I think the first cycle he did was when I was using my highest injectable cycle. So he was using 600 milligrams a week when I was on 765, Steve. Real, real simple, real straightforward again, right? Num number two. Um, there's an element of sometimes, if especially if you, you're buying your stuff uh, in the gym or from a buddy or whatever else, and this applies to recreational drugs as much as it does performance-enhancing drugs, Steve. People will say that you need this, this, and this because that's what they want to sell you. This is where doing your own research and listening to the podcast like this comes to the point. You look up what you want to do. Right, so I want to put an inch of my biceps. Does it need to have a vein or a split down the middle like Steve said? Funny enough, I had both of those back in the day, Steve. God help me now. Um or do you just want a much, much bigger arm, a bulkier arm, right? The drugs and choice and the training and the diet would be different for the first example against the second example. But what you don't need to do, for example, guys, is to use four or five different drugs because the guy in the gym recommended to do because that's what he's got in the trunk of his car. Buy what you need. Use what you need. Don't just take loads of other drugs because someone said they wanted to sell it. Really, that's what they're doing, Steve. They're trying to sell you what they got. They're trying to make a buck. That's fine, guys, but buy what you need. Then there's another thing as well, Steve, and this comes to the complication of stuff. As I said just now, with regards to the Debo cycle, super simple, very straightforward. One drug, most of us blew up and we loved it. So there's an argument sometimes to be made. Lots of you guys might not, the typical, I would say the typical gym person, never mind the typical performance enhancing drug user, the typical, the typical gym person typically, guys, three to six months in the gym, and then they go off and do other stuff because it's all a bit too hard. But you're listening to this podcast because you're about being more serious and you're thinking about that or already are using performance on and drugs to take things to the next level. So that means typically you've been training for two, three, four years. You're a certain age already. You have disposable income. Therefore, your cycle history should differ from, from the average Joe that goes to the gym, never mind the average listener. So what we're looking at here, Steve, is... You don't need to change things up on site. Why don't you keep things real, real simple? Let's say two drugs, this cycle, see what the results are. If the results were good, do it again. If the results need to go up a notch, you can change the dosage for the next cycle using the same two drugs, or you can add another drug. But literally have a sort of element of control to it. If you do the potluck kind of multiple drugs per cycle, and you're, again, you're just an average listener, an average Joe, an average user, an average person that goes to the gym, you don't need to be using five different kinds of drugs. You don't need to be chopping and changing. You don't need a 16-week cycle. You don't need everything right now, although I kind of get it, guys, especially the younger listeners. You think they need to be 20 pounds heavier today, yesterday, Steve, last week, never mind tomorrow, never mind in the next cycle or two years from now. They need it right away. And then they go out and they do five drugs and They've got no idea. One of the things that sometimes happens, Steve, is they end up feeling ill. They kind of feel washed out because they're using all these drugs. It's, it's affecting their health because they've used all those drugs. And they didn't need to. You were listening to all these podcasts that we've done, and nine times out of ten, Steve and I very rarely talk about the more than two or three drugs a cycle. We've almost never talked about high dosages unless we're talking about, as an example again, most of the time we're talking about low dosages. And as an example, just using Steve and I, Never mind listeners that have done just as well and other uh, reps, et cetera, and moderators on the forum, just using Steve and I. Steve has photographs with a beach ready for Zeke. He, he's done some decent numbers in the gym, trust me. And I've got world 
fucking records. Even right now, Steve, they won't be broken or they haven't been broken. I have multiple British and multiple international titles in my chosen sport. Why? And what the what's the most, most complicated cycle was two drugs, Steve. Two. Right? So there's an argument to be made for our genetics, but there's an argument also to be made for our hard work. There's an argument to be made for the fact that we pushed food properly and we kept it real, real simple. One of the things that I, I, I made a point of at the beginning, if you complicate something, if you chop and change, for whatever reason, that might be availability, which really shouldn't be an excuse anymore, but it used to be back in the day, could only get this for four weeks, I need four more weeks, I have to get something else. That doesn't apply to food, it shouldn't apply to training, and it shouldn't really now at all apply to performance and hearts and drugs. What worked? What worked of the four drugs that you took? Was it three of them that you had a fabulous, fantastic result from and you did real well and you got leaner, bigger, stronger, faster, but the fourth one did nothing? What worked? If you're chopping and changing, did you, again, did you make notes? So it's that kind of situation, Steve. We know, most gurus know, most coaches know, most advisors know, that you don't really need to complicate things, even with the genetic freaks, even with what we might call them genetic superior, Steve. We've seen a couple of cycles death cycles, and I'm thinking of one particular individual, professional bodybuilder, five or six anabolic steroids, growth in insulin, and God knows what else was in there, and he had a pre-existing medical condition, Dallas MacArthur, he got off and passed away. Did he choke to death? Was it the drugs? Was there a stressor? He already had a pre-existing uh, family history, genetic predisposition for cancer, I believe it was, and he choked to death slash heart attack. But it was multiple, multiple drugs in there. Uh, absolutely huffing and puffing during videos prior to him uh, passing away and so on and so forth. And then you'll find another pro bodybuilder who, I mean, I'm thinking of Lee Priest now, guys, two, three drugs per cycle. Uh, absolutely fucking amazing physique for his height, his stature, and super low dose and still with us and likely to still be with us for a very, very long time. And in fact, again, I can think of some really, really great bodybuilders, never mind weightlifters and strongmen, in the same boat, where you would not believe the low dosage that they were taking. You wouldn't believe that they were only using two, perhaps three drugs, two drugs for eight weeks and one drug for the finish. Paul Dillette was a flat, a flatmate of Lee Priest. And he says, again, the, the, he was using the same dosage as I was, 200 milligrams of this, 300 milligrams of that. They had that genetic advantage. So here's what I say when it comes to this kind of stuff, and it's specifically performance enhancement drugs. Work your fucking ass off in the gym. Plan your training program so it gets better and better and better, that harder and heavier and more reps and more volume or whatever kind of approach you choose towards the end of a training cycle, and especially when you're on a gear cycle or an anabolic cycle. Same thing with your nutrition. Get tidier and tidier and tidier, more and more on point, more and more focus, and keep notes of how you look when you tweak your carbs, tweak your fat, tweak your protein, and try not to change too much with your performance-enhancing drugs. Now, again, as we've talked about another podcast, Steve, there is an argument to be made for those of you that compete. And this is where, in my opinion, especially if you're in hard training for a bodybuilding competition and you're dieting and you're depleted and whatever else, where a second set of eyes comes in, whether it's a coach, whether it's someone like Steve or someone like myself, whether it's a full-on guru that you're off the internet, Milos or, 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 or a bunch of other guys that are out there coaching in that particular and high-end uh, athletes, 
that's when the second set of eyes comes in. That's when they tweak stuff because they can see changes because it's much harder for us to see ourselves. And again, this is a typical user. How many of us are able to truly see or truly be analytical in that particular regards? And one of the things I touched on earlier, and I'll touch on again, Steve, the body type stuff again. I would say that the mesopomorph is more likely to physically respond to performance-hancing drugs, say, better than an ectomorph or an endomorph. And both ectos and endos are as likely to benefit from very simple cycles as they are differences in nutrition, with the endo needing to lose weight and get leaner and the ecto needing to add muscle. So it's body type. And it even comes down to, and this happens a lot again, guys, when we're giving advice on forums, when it comes to cycles, et cetera. And again, most of our blokes would never, almost never talk about more than three drugs, Steve. You have to think of the specific requirements of the person asking the question. So the more information you guys give out, the better, the better advice that we can give you. And nine times out of 10, I, I can think, even if I disagree with the dosages, most of the time I would agree with the drugs that are being suggested. Because if you look, guys, it's nearly always the same three drugs. And all we're offering the toss over is the amount. So in other words, even when we disagreed, we've all kept it real simple, Steve. Back to you. Look, there's been studies that have come out which has shown that multitasking is very difficult on men and females, both, not just men. We all, you know, we all agree that for males, it's a lot harder to multitask than women, but both genders have the have the issue. It's just the way our, our, our brains are wired. So one of the other mistakes people do as well is they'll go into a cycle and they have a lot of things going on in their life. And they're not able to focus on yeah. their cycle. And their cycle, it you know, gets to be a very unsuccessful cycle. And if you're able to just focus on your cycle and focus on your training and focus on your diet, those are going to be your best cycles that you do. Yes. So try to cycle when you don't have things going on in your life that are going to get in the way of like if you're going through a divorce that's not a good time to run a steroid cycle if you're going through um you know you got your kids for the summer it's not a good time to run a steroid cycle you know if you're dealing with a lot of injuries that you're having to baby your injuries and you're having to miss time at the gym because of your injuries that's not a good time to cycle you see what i'm saying so that's that's one of the principles behind KISS, keep it simple, stupid, is yeah. when it comes to your cycle, focus on it so you're not multitasking a million different things. If you are busy with your career, this is the time of year where you're busy with your career. Let's say you work in retail and it's December. We're coming up on the holidays, right? You know your business is going to be busy. You know that you're going to have to do a lot. lot. Things are going to come up during the month, things that are unexpected. It's going to you're, – you're on your way to the gym. You're five minutes, about to get in your car to go to the gym, and you get a phone call. Oh, my gosh, something happened. You know, So now you got to put down everything and focus on that. That's a problem. And how can you follow this when you've got all this other stuff going on? So yeah. try to be clear in your mind when it comes to your – your steroid cycle, your weight training, your diet, and everything, and be on point with it. You know, how many times do we have people come on the, the forum, officer, and they're like, 
I'm running my cycle and I'm going on a vacation. Do I stop yeah. my cycle? Do I inject before I go? Do I inject when I get back? Well, why yeah. are you running a cycle in the middle of your vacation? You're running, yeah. you're going yeah. on vacation in the middle of a cycle. Go on vacation where you're not cycling. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to worry about smuggling steroids and, and syringes yeah. onto your back. You know what I'm saying? You're complicating things unnecessarily and it's yep. hurting your results and it's hurting your gains. Does that make sense? So a lot of you think about it over the time. If you run steroid cycles, think about it, what I'm saying. And then at the end of the day, one of the prime differences between, you know, being in a multitasking type of situation and complicating things with steroid use on top of it is you don't get to enjoy your steroid cycle. I've been there, done that before. I've been in a situation where I had a lot of problems with work. I was on a really tough week, a really tough month with work. And I was in the middle of a steroid cycle, which I spent a lot of money on and invested a lot yeah. of time in. And I wasn't yeah. able to enjoy my cycle because I was going to the gym and trying my best to forget about all the shit that was going on in my life, but it was following me into the gym. Or I'd have to carry my phone with me to the gym because I have a rental property and the air conditioner broke and the tenant was being a pain in the ass because she was refusing to let the air conditioning guy in there. So I had to have to keep my phone on me to navigate all this shit yeah. you know, myself. So now I don't get to enjoy my time in the gym. You see what I'm saying? So the prime reason is, and there's nothing, no shame in saying it, is I, you want to enjoy your time in the gym. You want to enjoy your steroid cycle. Those are where you get your best results. And you can't do that when you're complicating shit too much in your life. So absolutely keep it simple, whether it's at a micro level or at a macro level, keeping yeah. things simple will absolutely lead to better results in the long term. So mobster, finish out with your final thoughts on this one. I think it was a really good topic. I hope a lot of people think about it. Just think about your past cycles and the ones that you really were able to enjoy. Those are the ones you really, really had the best results in for real. Let me talk about top professional bodybuilders again, Steve, whether it's uh, bodybuilders or strength athletes or whatever else, right? And I'm thinking I'm thinking of people like Dexter Jackson and, and other really top high-level players that have won the Mr. Olympia. Whether it's the Doreen Yates is another example. When he trained in the gym, it was mostly when the gym was empty. So he wasn't distracted by customers or people taking photographs. He only kept two or three people around him that he trained with. Dexter Jackson. Dexter was talking about, I believe, I think it was if it fits your macros. And he said, if a top athlete like myself who's won the Mr. Olympia needs to do cardio, needs to diet, what makes you think with my with him being called the blade, so renowned for being in shape, what makes you think if it fits your macros going to work? So in other words, model what they do. And what do they do? It doesn't matter if you play golf or ball or, or hockey or whatever, right? What do they do? They put the time and the work in. They they do the cardio. They get on the step. They get they they climb the mountain. They ride the bike. They go out and do the steps in the morning. They're busy, right? So they get up earlier, and they go and do their shit. So in other words, they still do the simple stuff. They're still doing the cardio because it works. They still go tight, tidy diets because it works. They still go to the gym and bench and squat and deadlift. If you look at some of the big guys coming out now. It's either a combination of machines and weight free weights or some crazy, crazy heavy free weights. It's really, really big guys. But what are they doing training-wise that's different from before? They're not. What happens sometimes is clients, coaches and gurus, and, and, and even writers of magazines back in the day as well as now, whether it's Men's Fitness or, or Bodybuilding Monthly or whatever, 
from from I've got stuff as you know, Steve, from the nineteen hundreds up to modern times, and writers were paid to come up with routines. And as often as not, it wasn't even a pro bodybuilder they were speaking to. They were making this shit up in the name of a pro bodybuilder, and they had to write something different than last month. So they would come up with a new version of something. And yet, if you got the watch the pro, whether it was eating, training, whatever, they were doing real, real simple stuff. You got watch Dorian Yates' Blood and Guts. That that stuff he does on Blood and Guts is what it's it's it's, it's skull crushes and press downs with triceps. It's, it's easy bar curls for biceps. It's incline bench for chest and dumbbell flies. He's doing like two movements, Steve. He was doing a variation on the squat. I think he was using a, a Smith machine and a leg press and a hack squat and a leg extension and a leg curl. There was no Romanian lunges or pistol squats or whatever else. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's triceps are amongst the best triceps in the world. Two exercises. Ronnie Coleman, biceps. Split bicep, 23-inch arms. Was I think dumbbell preacher curls with 30 or 40 pound dumbbells done for a lot of volume, but not crazy heavy weights. Best arms among the best arms ever. Yes, your genetic response, but the same thing applies to you. What's your genetic response, guys? So, again, don't overcomplicate stuff. You don't need to do every exercise known to mankind. And again, keep notes. All of these aspects keep notes on your PEDs, keep notes on your nutrition, keep notes on the training, have regular photographs taken, and then. As Steve said, take a step back, take a moment out of your day and be analytical. See what works and use that. Don't have to use everything. Don't have to listen to everybody. Here's another example. One more thing, guys. And this is just common sense advice again. You've got someone that's given you a cycle. You've brought, a, you've brought the PEDs. And then how many times, Steve, do we see guys come on and want 20 other opinions before they start? Have an opinion of your own. Listen to one or two people. Ask Steve, ask myself, go with a person on a forum whose opinion you trust, who knows what they're talking about. Don't You don't need 20 or 30 different inputs. And again, that's a personality type thing. Maybe it's just because, you know, I'm, I'm a leader that I'm, I'm more likely to listen to one or two people and then go, boom, I think I know what I'm doing, crack up, as opposed to me going down to the gym and asking 15 guys what I need to do for my arms. I don't do that. And my arms are 20 inches. So it's that kind of weird situation, Steve. I think sometimes a personality type is going to be one person asking 15 or 20 people and someone will ask one or two people. A great example in my local gym, again, is as there's one person, and I can think of him right now, who when we're squatting, we pretty much is the person we ask if we're hitting there. We don't ask all the other guys because you're always going to get your mates going, yeah, yeah, it was fine. But this one person will always fucking give you the truth. So it's a real simple approach. Ask the geezer. It's not always nice, but he's honest. And he'll tell you what you've done. Same thing when it comes to buying and selling uh, from, from, from dealers as opposed to buying what you need, using what you need, doing what needs to be done. And then as nine times out of ten, when it comes to nutrition, it's super, super basic. It might be bland. It might be boring. But you've got big or you've got lean or you've got strong. Real, real simple works a lot of the time. Few of you might have medical conditions. A few of you might have physical, physical disablements injuries and whatever else that require working around, but most of you will not. Start with simple, be analytical, keep notes, tweak it, and if it works, keep it in. If it doesn't work, let it go. K-I-S-S. Please note, we are not doctors and our opinions are ours. It is our view and based on our experience and views on the topic, a podcast for informational purposes and entertainment only, the freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies. <laughs>